From the sandy beaches of Hawaii comes a wave of God's love and the challenge to go deeper. Paddle out with us and experience the thrills of the radical plan God has for your life. It's Deep Adventure Radio with your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Viva Cristo Rey and welcome to the Bear Wozniak Adventure where we challenge you to go deep with God. We believe there's nothing more radical than the wild adventure of abandoning ourselves to God's will. I was reading this morning in the Catholic Catechism. Every morning I have a, a Bear Wozniak Ocean Sunrise Catechism. It's on FaceTime Live, on Facebook, Facebook Live, I should say. And uh, I spend about 15 minutes every morning. We, we get together with the sun rising behind me off, my, uh, off the ocean uh, from my lanai, and we talk story. Uh, we read basically through the catechism. We're all the way up to paragraph 1023, so we're about a little over a third of the way through the catechism. And today we're turning our attention to, ju- to the judgment of heaven and hell. Uh, the Catholic Church teaches that it's appointed unto man once to live, once to die, and then the judgment. It's called the four last things. Life, there's life, death, heaven, or hell. I was in, in Orange County last week with a friend of mine, Frank Rapilla, who, by the way, Frank and Angie, man, Holy Spirit moves in your lives. It was great being with you guys. It was definitely a watershed uh, moment for me. And uh, while we were there, someone told me the story of a Catholic priest in, in Latin America or South America. He's a great guy, super evangelistic, very humble in the same token, uh, rides a black horse. I mean, he sounds like Zorro or something to me. But they were telling the story about he was driving his car on a mountain, narrow mountain road, came around the corner, saw a horrible accident. The bodies had been thrown through the, the window. Saw one man walking around with an arm that was obviously broken. It was askew. Another man whose head was broken, brain, uh, skull was fractured. They were holding it together so that the brains wouldn't, his brains wouldn't fall out. And there was another man just laying on the ground, and the priest ran up to see if he could help the man, uh, the EMTs who were there, to help the man who, with the skull fracture. And the man pointed to the, to the man lying on the ground and said, Father, he's dying. He needs your help right now. So Father went over to him, and as he approached him, the man started cussing at him and saying, I don't need you. I don't need your church. I don't need anything from you. Leave me alone. And uh, so the priest honored his, honored his word and turned around. And, and then it was as if the Lord uh, spoke to him almost audibly, Go minister to him. This is his last chance. So he went up to him, and I, and, I, and I anticipated what he did. He went up to him, slapped him across the face, and said, you blankety-blank-blank, you're dying. This is your last chance. So in a sense, he spoke to him in tongues. He spoke to him in his native language. And the man just broke down sobbing, uh, that someone would care enough about him to, uh, to come back and to speak to him man-to-man, tough guy to tough guy, and get his point across. And the man confessed his sins and had a beautiful uh, um, um, blessing from the Father and the abs- absolution of his sins, much like the man on, uh, on the cross next to Jesus. And so we have to deal with the fact every moment that we breathe could be our very last breath. In fact, for some of you listening today, you're going to die. That's just the way it is. Uh, statistically speaking, with the millions of people that are listening to the show couple of you, are, a few of you are going to die. This may be your last chance to turn to Jesus and surrender all you are to God. Uh, so I, I challenge you to, um, to d- you can tell deep in your conscience, you have a conscience, even though you've been yelling so loud, uh, trying not to hear your conscience, turning up the volume of, the, of your life, 
um, being judgmental of everybody else, uh, you are running from the you're, there's still a small voice within you. Stop in your tracks, turn around, and say, Jesus, who have I haven't been thee, O God, and who have I on this earth beside thee? My flesh and my heart fail, but you are the strength of my life and my portion forever. And cry out to Jesus, surrender all you are. Go to a Catholic priest, receive confession, and start your life new. So we're part part of our our, our living our life. Uh, is that God came to us, gave us a physical body. And he cherishes our physical body so much that Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, the Logos, came and became man, became incarnate in the flesh. Uh, not only did, you know, there was so, the Gnostics taught that he wasn't really in the The first real bad heresy taught that Jesus didn't really come in the flesh, but he did. And we know that because St. Thomas touched his wounds. Uh, so Jesus loves us. And he intends to save a spirit, soul, and body. As Catholics, we believe that there will be a resurrection. God preciously loves our body. And, uh, but we need to take care of our bodies. I'm seeing in America, uh, oh my gosh, it's, it's just shocking what's happened to um, our physical bodies. And we're going to explore the reasons why that is today and what we can do about it and what our mission should be so that we can have, fit, I call it fitness to witness, with a returning guest of ours, John Aquaviva. John, viva Cristore. Hey, doing, Bear? It's good to be with you today. <laughs> you and I have tried to get together all summer, huh? That's right. But uh, uh, as they say, six times is a charm. Was it six times? I thought it was like 100. <laughs> you know what? I've had... no, I, just... <laughs> we both... I just made up that number, but I know it was more than three. Yeah, it was so it was shocking. We I was in different time zones, uh, everywhere there could possibly be, uh, shooting the long ride home and and all that stuff. But I, we really wanted to do this conversation at the beginning of the summer because it's a great time for people to get fit. And now we're yep. here towards the end of the summer, but it's not too late. It's never too late to to, uh, to focus on our physical health. So what is this? You've written a couple books, and even your website is what is it called? It's about body image. What is it, what is your website, John? Yeah, it's catholicbodyimage.com. Even though I'm an exercise physiologist, you know, I teach at Wingate University, uh, professor of, in, in the School of Sports Sciences here in North Carolina. Um, you know, I teach all the traditional stuff that an exercise science professor teaches. I teach anatomy and physiology. I teach exercise physiology. I teach strength and conditioning, uh, sports nutrition, and so forth. But Years ago, in fact, it was about 10 years ago now, I thought one of the greatest ways to blend my two passions, my faith, my Catholic faith, and my profession, would be to write about something that is a struggle for so many people, and that is body image. They struggle with the way their body looks, the way it doesn't respond to exercise. Some people feel they're too short, too tall, their hair's the wrong color, and it's a whole spectrum of things, right, that people struggle with. And so... What I did is I took the teachings of JP2 called Theology of the Body to try to help people get a fuller appreciation for their body, why they were embodied. In other words, steer them away from what, you know, the magazines and the television shows say that they should be and who, what they should look like and take them back to our faith. But I took them back to our faith through these teachings called Theology of the Body. Some people are familiar with Theology of the Body. Other people are not. And that's one of the reasons why in both books, uh, one for people who are struggling with body image, another one for parents who want to keep their kids from struggling with body image. Uh, I, I start the book out by talking about what is theology of the body and why is it important to well, what, our well, faith. What, what is it? Why is it important? 
Well, it's important because it, 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 JP2, the first thing he did is he said, we were embodied for a reason. And, and he said that by trying to get us to reflect on it. Like, why do you think you were embodied? God could have easily just inspirited us and made us these like angel type beings, but he, he embodied us. He gave us arms, legs, a head, and, you know, and everything that goes on in the anatomical versions of our body. And, and, but further, um, JP2 uses this language of that our body speaks a language, and, and this is a way to communicate to one another. This is a way to communicate to God, and this is a way, in essence, to communicate with ourselves. And, and the, the best example is when we communicate to one another. In other words, if I see you, Bear, I'm probably not just going to stand five feet away and go, hey, Bear. I'm going to walk up to you. We're going to shake hands. We're going to hug. And, and that alone is something that we take for granted. We really don't think about that. But the fact is, is that's something that kind of endears ourselves to one another. When I see my son and my three daughters when I get home, I hug and kiss them every time. They hug and kiss their mom and me in the morning when they see us. And there's all these ways that we demonstrate our bodily um, appearance and 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 one of the one of the simplest ways to talk about this outside of these examples of loving one another and embracing one another is bear if if people walk into a church and they want they they want God to hear their prayer they probably don't stand they probably don't even sit what do we do well we kneel we kneel yeah and and this is kind of like a almost a sacrificial literally in days of people being sacrificed this is what they would do and this is our kind of our way to communicate with god we are humbling ourselves being on our knees is the kind of the most humbling thing we can do in the presence of our lord and in, in presence of great people people do this in all religions around the world and so forth and by me using the example of kneeling that is uh, a way that we um, that we symbolize how our spirit, how our brain, and how our soul feels. And this is a great way of communicating. In other words, if we walk into a church and somebody has their head in their hands and they're kneeling, we don't have to know anything about the situation to be able to write a page or two on what they're experiencing. They're probably John? some type of grief. Yes. We got to take a break here, real quick. All this, it's already right. time, but you're right. And yeah. I was, I was reading the, the scriptures the other day uh, when Jesus, his last words, it says, He looked up to heaven and then spoke the words, Into thy hands I commend, into your hands, Father, I commend my spirit. And I was thinking, that's so, it's interesting because Jesus is God, you know, and, and the, He's the temple of, of God, and, and all, all at yep. once. But He had that physical look upwards and said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And it is a physical recognition of the fact of who God the Father is. He's the Almighty Creator. Um, we can, right. we're, gonna, we're talking with John Aquaviva. His website is CatholicBodyImage.com. We'll be right back. This is Bear and the Bear Wozniak Adventure. Deep Adventure Radio, going deeper into the heart of God.
Now, back to Paradise and Deep Adventure Radio. Viva Cristo Rey and welcome back. This is Bear Wozniak with the Bear Wozniak Adventure. We use that term, Viva Cristo Rey. We acquired it on our season one, Rolling Thunder, in in our TV show, Long Ride Home, as we rode through Houston, Texas. We we picked up that saying. It was the cry of the Cristeros uh, in the Mexican during the days of the Mexican Revolution, and we were rolling thunder down into uh, the Big Bend country of Texas, where black pa- blackjack Pershing chased Pancho Villa 400 miles from Las Cruces area down into Texas, and he chased him across the Rio Grande River and decimated his forces after Pancho Villa had uh, had done a raid up in Las Cruces, killing a lot of innocent people. And in the Cristeros movement, uh, the priests, uh, while they were offering mass, the Mexican revolutionaries would ride into church on their horses, yelling out, Viva Cristo, I mean, yelling out, Viva la Revolution. And the peasants, the poor people, uh, rose up and, and cried out even louder, Viva Cristo Rey, and they defeated the, the Mexican Revolution. Uh, but only after many, many uh, people uh, gave their lives, and many were just absolutely brutalized and, and martyred. And uh, like Jose Sanchez del Rio, whose whose name is on my my uh, on my rosary, and whose uh, story I tell in my book Deep Adventure: The Way of Heroic Virtue. It's time again in our life here and here uh, in, in America to stand up and be counted, to take the ridge lines again. And men need to shout out, women need to shout out, but men especially need to shout out, Viva Cristo Rey. There was a time Saint Francis once was going into a village with a young friar. And he said, we're going to go preach the gospel. And he said, and he said uh, uh, St. Francis, how will we do that? And he said, well, we're going to, we're going to uh, go in and share the gospel and only speak when necessary. In other words, they'll show by example. But I got news for you men out there. It is necessary. It is necessary now to shout out and to speak, take the ridgelines and to speak the gospel. We can no longer do it just by example. We need to be bold enough at our, when we're having coffee, uh, when we're talking with our friends, watching a football game and having a beer. We need to be bold enough when we hear things that are not true to not be, not be jerks about it, but to, but to humbly, but to boldly speak the truth. Uh, that God loves us, that Jesus came incarnate, and that there is such a thing as absolute moral authority, and uh, and that God is a Father, and we as men need to, need to need to be like God our Father, and stand for stand to protect, to procreate, and to provide for the people in our lives. Uh, God procreates; He eternally begot His Son, and in some ways, we as men are the same way. We procreate; we're spiritual fathers, whether we have children or not. We can lead lead people to Christ. But John Aquaviva has, has written a real vital story, speaking of our, our role as fathers, in the area of Catholic body image, in relationship to our children especially. Uh, I see it all the time, what's happening to our young. It's like they've lost touch with their bodies. It's as if they're just spirits with a body moving them around, but they're not taking care of this, this, this sacred area of their life. So, John Aquaviva, your website is catholicbodyimage.com. Welcome back to the show. You were talking to us about uh, the, the sacredness uh, of, of, of the body and the teachings of John Paul II, although you call him JP too. You're on a clo- real close uh, personal relationship with him, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> and his theology of the body. So please continue. Sure. Yeah, in fact, what uh, we were talking about is, um, is how our, our actions kind of demonstrate 
uh, an our outward flow of what is in our soul. And that is a clear indication that God embodied us for a reason. And part of JP2's language is he easily could have made us invisible, right? Or, but he made visible what he wanted to make visible. And, and, and this does come back to partly what you're talking about um, and, and uh, what is the source and summit of our faith, and that, of course, is the Eucharist. And, you know, many people know, especially if they're faithful Catholics, they know the translation of the Eucharist from Greek is giving thanks. And there's a lot that we need to give thanks for. And it should start, and I mean this literally, it should start with the fact that we were embodied. The fact that we are even here, Bear, is, mm. means God has given us the opportunity for salvation. And so many times, especially young people, and there's a certain demographic, you know, and the research supports this, you know, between the ages of 12 and usually around, you know, 26, 28, and it starts to fade, thankfully, slightly after that. But the young adult and the teenager, and certainly the adolescent, it starts with a lot of people, they just see their only worth as if other people see them sexy, see them attractive, or both. And we need to go away from that. And that's one of the reasons I wrote this second book on raising kids with a healthy body image, because both the mother and the father play a role in helping their son and their daughters develop a healthy view of their bodies. And in particular, uh, the, the main message was mom, dad, you know, focus on prayer at home, encourage your kids to focus on prayer, to give thanks for just being embodied, the fact that they can do a lot of things with that body that are positive, everything from embracing people, as I said in our first segment, to playing sports, to being creative, doing art, drawing, whatever our passions are, it's going to take the human body. And too many times we we see our body as half full rather or half empty rather than half full. And there are a lot of things that it can't do. We see people play football on Sundays and they go, man, I wish I could do that for $4 million a year. Or they pe see people do this great painting in like 30 minutes. They're like, man, I wish I could paint like that. There's some skills we have. There are some skills we don't have. But the fact is, is everybody has been given a body that can do something. And the, the, at the core of it is, we can love one another. And I mean that not just in a spiritual way, but we can do that physically. And all of those things, we should give thanks to God for on a daily basis. Okay, I want to get at the heart of it. I want to, I want to get, get at something that's always on my mind. I see it all the time. You know, by the way, one of the mm -hmm. things I love the most living on the beach is when I see the fathers out in the water with their children, playing with them, pushing yeah. them into waves, throwing them up in the air. I love yep. it when I see families down at the beach, but often I see just a father and his children. I know he's probably a single dad, but he's, he's, he's investing in his children. And I just love when I see fathers when they're children. It just makes me smile, makes me so happy. But one of the things I see a lot, I'm just saying it like it is, I see these, these uh, kids who are basically, I think they're called gamers. Uh, they, they're, even their, their posture changes. They're kind of humped over a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, yep. And so you have a child who you're telling them, you know, your body is a gift from the Lord. You are, uh, you know, you're made in the image of God. But how do you encourage a child who is uh, obviously eating wrong and not being physical? How do you, how do you, what do you do, John? How do, because um, uh, uh, body image is whether you have a, maybe have a positive or negative um, 
thought about your body, but people are saying today right. it doesn't matter anymore. Uh, it, it's cool to be overweight. Uh, it's just the way nerds are, the way people are. It's, it's just the way we are. Right. It's almost like it's almost like gone in reverse. That it's it, don't worry about how kind of physical shape you're in. How do we uh, redirect them to uh, to cherish and nourish and enjoy the physical part of their lives again? Well, I think it comes back to what you know. You and I have been talking about since the I, I came on the program and, and my previous appearances as well. And that is, it, it starts with both parents having the basic tenets of faith and um, having you know having them demonstrate a prayer life, not only around their children, but with their children. And, and by that, they can start to develop their language in communication with God, but also through what I call freelance prayer, and people have given it other names. But rather than doing rote prayers like the Our Father and the Hail Mary, which have value, there's no question. But when we freelance pray, that, that way we can kind of not only speak to God, but we can kind of communicate with our children through the prayer to God and how we should address God and what we should be thankful for. Like, for instance, one of the things that Alicia and I do, my wife, when we pray every night with our kids, is we go around the room virtually every night and we'll ask, and our kids are young, they're, they're seven, five, four, and two, and we'll say, what's one thing you're grateful for? And if they repeat one another, we say, you have to say something else other than, you know, what Claire just said there. And that kind of builds this base of having a, um, a, a feeling and a demeanor of thanksgiving for what they have. And it starts with the body, as I mentioned. But when it comes to, like, physical activity and eating well, bear with me, Bear, uh, mm-hmm. on a, an example from last Christmas. It was Christmas Day. It was Christmas night, actually, and all my kids were playing with their brand-new toys, and we'd let them stay up, you know, another half hour, 45 minutes beyond uh, bedtime so they could enjoy Christmas, enjoy their new toys and stuff more. But then when it came time to clean up, we said, okay, guys, time to clean up. And we have these bins, and we have these buckets, everything where the toys go in. And Luke, at the time, was four years old, and he had this new car, and it was to go in this little bucket where all his other cars went. But the bucket was a good 10 feet away. And we have hardwood floors, right? And so Luke threw the, the car, meaning to get it into the bucket. But, of course, he, in, you know, in part he was just being lazy. And, and Alicia immediately turned to Luke and said, Luke, we've given, you that, we've given you this car. You asked for this car. We've given you this car. We want you to take better care of it. John, we got to take a break. I'm sorry. <laughs> right up against the hard line. We'll be right back. We're talking with John Aquilivia. This is Bear with the Bear Wozniak Adventure. Deep Adventure Radio, where the surf is always up. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Aloha. This is Bear Wozniak from deepadventure.com with Deep Virtue number 79. You know, I'm a private pilot. And I was doing my check ride. I was about to get my license. Flew from the island of Oahu over to Lanai. 
took off from Manai, went over to Molokai with my instructor next to me. We landed in Molokai, and he said, turn it around and let's go. So I spun the plane around, and I really, frankly, wasn't quite ready. I didn't have my li- I just didn't feel set like I had my lines up all, all, all correct. But he said, go, so I went, which is really not right because I was the pilot in command. It was my choice when to go or not to go. And I put down full throttle, and right away the plane started... Uh, edging towards the left of the runway. Now, airplanes, propeller-driven airplanes, have a tendency, they have a left-turning tendency. They tend to want to go left because of the rotation of the propeller. And so as we're, I've got lift off, and you know what? There's a sign coming up that I'm pretty sure I'm going to hit. And my flight instructor grabs the plane and fixes what I had, hadn't been able to do. And we take off, and he goes, I hope you don't mind if I took care of that little situation back there when you hit uh, a sign like that on the runway, there's all kinds of paperwork and stuff you have to fill out afterwards. So hope you don't mind if I did that. But we are meant to fly. God gave us a spirit. We are meant to fly. But we have left-turning tendencies. We have something in us, a fallen nature, original sin, that makes us kind of want to turn aside. And you have to always alter uh, your course. You always, always have to uh, fix your direction. And so I'm challenging you today. As you're, as you're flying in your little Cessna, to keep your compass, keep your headings, keep your direction on the Lord. All through the day, you're going to have tension and things that are going to want to pull you away from the direction God has for your life. Keep your center of peace. Keep your eyes on Him. This is Bear Wozniak from DeepAdventure.com with Deep Virtue number 79. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Find out more at DeepAdventure.com. Back to Deep Adventure Radio with Bear Wozniak, suffering in paradise for you. Viva Christore, this is Bear Wozniak with the Bear Wozniak Adventure. I want to invite you uh, men especially go, to go to my website, Bear Wozniak, 
bearwoznick.com. That's bear like a grizzly bear. My last name is W-O-Z-N-I-C-K. Go to bearwoznick.com. We have something pretty cool that we've uh, started. It's called Bear's Man Cave. Uh, it's for men only. Uh, you can only join by going to my website. It's a Facebook, a private Facebook group, but you can only join by going to my website, bearwoznick.com. And there we will quote people like John Wayne, John Paul II. Uh, we challenge uh, men in different ways, and we encourage each, other's, each other. For example, every few weeks we get together on a Bears Man Cave Google Hangout. We have a cigar, perhaps someone will have a cigar or, 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 or a shot of whiskey or manly beverage of some sort. And men around the world gather with us, and we hang out together, and uh, we talk story about what's going on in our lives, and I share usually from one of the virtues. But it's just a cool experience to be with other men and open up and really talk the truth about what's going on in our lives uh, to, uh, to uh, really open up with each other. So you can, go, you can join Bear's Man Cave at, at uh, bearwoznick.com. Uh, we're talking with John Aquaviva. His website is catholicbodyimage.com. And he, he was, we were, we're, we're going to find out what happened to Luke <laughs> through his brand new Christmas toy, a beautiful <laughs> truck, just kind of arbitrarily just That's threw right. it at this at this the, at the, this toy box, and I apparently he missed it. And uh, we're going to see what the the parents' response was to him when he so arbitrarily uh, didn't take care of the gift that was given him. Exactly, and Alicia was great because she was firm, but yet she was loving, and she was to the point. She said. She said, Luke, we've given you this gift. We've spent money on that gift, and we expect you to take better care of your toys than just trying to throw it across the room to hit the toy bucket. And th- the reason that I bring that up is that is, is because this is the same way that we want to view our bodies. It is a gift. It should be viewed as a gift. It is something that has been bestowed to us to take care of. And the two main ways, and there are other ways, but it's clear in our society, all you have to do is go to any morning talk show or any website about health, the two main ways that we demonstrate that we take care of our bodies, one is through physical activity, and the other is through proper nutrition. And this is not to say, of course, and this needs to be repeated, although it's been repeated for the last 100 years in this field, you don't have to work out every day, and every meal doesn't have to be asparagus and salmon. Right, but we we should, for the most part, adhere to these basic principles of putting our body through some type of motion on a daily basis, and most of our meals and most of what we eat in our meals should be foods that are energizing to us yet are healthy for us and don't harm our body in any way. And so the analogy of Luke take not taking care of his car is the same thing that we want to portray to our children if we see them you know, kind of dis- having certain disdain for physical activity or, or kind of, you know, having a funny face when you put decent food in front of them. And from the time our children were literally two years old, Bear, that is the motto of our house. We, I tell them all the time. I just told um, my seven-year-old Claire just two days ago, she said something about not liking the food in front of her. And I said, remember, sweetie, the three reasons that we eat one is because it is good for us. The other one is because it gives us energy. And third is because it tastes good. So remember those first two foremost. And, and actually, it has worked. Alicia and I have been quite successful. We just had visitors last week. And one time after the kids had gone to bed, 
our friend turned toward Alicia and said, your kids eat really well. And, and they don't eat perfect. That's not the case. Um, we have our struggles like any um, two parents do, you know, having our children accept what we put in front of them. But it's just a mantra in our house. We just keep repeating it. The three reasons you eat, one is for energy, one is for it builds healthy muscles and bones and cells in our body, and the third reason is because of taste, and we always make sure we put the taste thing third. Third. Now, just last night, we had popsicles, right? So we're, we're a normal family. Two nights ago, three nights ago, we had ice cream. We're a normal family in that way, but we just keep this, this dialogue with them and this language to them. God has given us something great, our body. Let's take care of it. And, you know, when you were talking about, you know, like Xboxes and, and computer games and iPhones that have all these stuff and people are hunched over and, you know, and, and sometimes it's just it's a, really a sad sight, kind of as you were alluding to. The kid is obviously not engaged. He doesn't seem to be really energetic, uh, not engaged in anything other than what's on his cell phone. But certainly as parents, we have far more power than sometimes we even think we have. And one of them is. First of all, we don't have to give the kid a cell phone. We can, or if we do give them a cell phone, we can limit what's on there. But also, we have the prerogative. If we are paying that bill there, we have the prerogative as parents to limit the time in which they spend on that. And that's why it's so important at an early age to really do two things. Get your kids active and also this language I talked about, nutrition, but also be good role models. You know, when you were talking about the father with his kids on the beach – It'd be so easy for the father to sit back and watch the sunset and sit back and enjoy, enjoy the views and so forth and go, hey, kids, go play. But especially when they're young, we need, we need to use the word we rather than you. Like, hey, let's go play. We should go do this. And being good role models is going to set up a lifetime of activity, a lifetime of good behavior. You know, the thing about food that's interesting, we can talk about that area, and then we're going to take a break here in a few minutes, but is that uh, the virtue of self-mastery or temperance, as it's classically called, comes into play. Yeah. Uh, there's one thing for people that have a problem with uh, drinking. You know, they just don't drink any alcohol uh, or uh, certainly uh, not drugs. But uh, but in the area of food, it's like we overeat, but you, so the whole key with that is to, is to be moderate. Well, the whole key with drinking, of course, is to be moderate, too. When we have our Bears Man Cave hangout, we encourage men to have a manly beverage. And when they, when they have their local man caves that we help them set up with other, other men, they get together once a week or so, have a manly beverage, but only have two. You know, I, yep. my, my whole life, I, I rarely drink even a half a drink, you know, but I enjoy a drink. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. part of But we have to do it in moderation, uh, the virtue of temperance. In the area of food, I mean, as a, as a pro athlete, I've seen most of my athletic, all, most of my friends. It's a little bit different with athletes because we burn off so much energy. But it's pretty okay. true within within my world that most of them recognize on a day to day basis they are living, they're limiting their sugar carbs. And when I when I have my Bears man cave, I talk to the men. I'm just going to be honest. I, I I look at the screen of men that are there, and the, I can tell the men who limit their they're bad carbs and the men that don't. And I've challenged the men. Yeah. Uh, some of them say, oh, my wife's leaving me. And I go, well, dude, you know, you're, you're, how much weight have you gained since you got married? You're not attractive yeah. to her anymore. Lose the weight. And the problem is men are going, but I'm starving. I'm hungry. Two yeah. hours go by after I eat, and I'm just and – I, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm running to get food. Uh, they have <clears throat> been eating um, uh, sugar carbs through pastas, through breads, and sometimes right. through too much fruit. And uh, the – 
fiery furnace in their belly, just can hardly wait for the next meal. And then all the preservatives in the prepackaged food uh, drives that too. Uh, we need to get back uh, more to uh, more of a high protein and not so high of a, a sugar carb regimen. And the minute you turn off that, that trigger with, the, with the, the sugar carbs, you're no longer hungry and the weight will just naturally come off as long as you're living you know, the rest of your life in a balanced way. And so we challenge the men and the women, of course. When I come from Hawaii, where we eat a different sort of eating regimen and come to the mainland, it is shocking. America got fat in the last 20 years. And it, oh, part yeah. of it's not their fault, but they're eating these prepackaged foods, which are sh- full of corn syrup. They're eating their bagels. They're eating their, their pastas. They're eating their, their fast food. And all of these bad, all the preservatives, all the bad sugar carbs, it's a automatic that they're going to die young. They're going to have inflammation in their joints. They're not going to be mm-hmm. fit to witness, and they're going to not fulfill their mission in life. So I'm kind of on my soapbox here. you got about a minute and a couple minutes to get me back off of it. What do you say <laughs> to people? What, what's the, what, what do you say about this area of self-mastery and the area of eating? Yeah, there, needless to say, there's no magic bullet. People have written books. They've done... You know, uh, they've done talk shows, they've done, you know, video series, um, you know, and, and in fairness to the consumer, Bear, people have been hearing a lot of different things. You know, they, they hear one thing uh, on one, in one book, white rice is good, another book, white rice is not good, one book. And it is confusing to the consumer because the consumer doesn't know basic biology. They don't know basic exercise physiology and physiology of the body and so forth. And so... You know, there is something to be said about that. But when it comes to temperance and, and moderation, I would suggest two things, and both have to do with God. One is communicate with God that this is a problem. Admit that this is a problem. Scripture is crystal clear on not only praying on a regular basis, but making it clear what your intention is. So ask God for this uh, fortitude, for temperance, and to uh, have moderation in all aspects of life. And the other one is indirectly involves God, and that, that's why there are uh, dietitians, and that's why there are personal trainers. These folks are degreed. They have the understanding, the knowledge, and the experience to help people gain this insight, and they have tools that will help them on their path to getting in better shape, making better decisions in the kitchen and at the supermarket, and so forth. And so I said one has to do directly with God, the other one has to do indirectly with God. But God put those people, I truly believe, there on purpose, right? We all have a specialty. We all have an uh, area of expertise. We've got to take a and break, so go John. Go to them for help. We're talking to John Aquaviva. His website is catholicbodyimage.org. This is Bear Wozniak with the Bear Wozniak Adventure. We'll be right back. International Deep Adventure Radio. Surf's up. Real and radical ways to live your faith. Hi, this is Doug Barry from BattleReadyStrong.com with Deep Adventures Surf's Up segment. You know, anybody who's been involved in martial arts or self-defense knows that if you're going to be in the middle of a conflict, you're going to be in the middle of that, that confrontation, you have to have a good base stand on. You have to have that so-called 80-20 split of the legs where you get about 80% of the back legs, 20 in the front, or as the Marine Corps may call it, that standard operating warrior stance. Anybody knows that without that warrior stance, you get hit hard up high, you're going to get knocked on your backside, and you don't want that to happen. So you've got to have that base, and you've got to train that base. you also got to train those arms, get them up. You've got to protect the eyes, the throat, the chest, the heart. You've got to protect to make sure nothing comes flying in and knocks you silly by, by hitting you upside the head or, or going for your throat or for your face or for your heart, for your lungs. So you keep those arms up, and you block, and you guard, you protect. Well, it's pretty similar when it comes to the spiritual life. 
you've got to have that good base to stand on. One leg, you could say very simply, is, is the Word of God. The other leg, the teachings of the faith. You have to have that stance to stand on so you don't get knocked over in the spiritual conflict. Right? The devil's going to come at us. The world, the flesh, the devil, these attacks are going to try to take us out, knock us flat on our backside. You have to know the Word of God, know the teachings of the faith in order to not get knocked over. you also got to guard and protect, keep the arms up. Protect your heart. Protect the ability to breathe, your spiritual breathing and your spiritual eyesight, your spiritual hearing. So you've got to protect the head, the throat, the chest, the lungs. And you do that with your arms. What are your arms? Prayer. Sacraments. One arm is prayer. One arm is sacraments. You always keep them up. And you never drop the guard. We need to know always that the enemy we face is an enemy that has been observing us for thousands of years and knows our weaknesses. First Peter 5, 8, the devil roams around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So stay alert. Be watchful. Keep a good base. The Word of God, the teachings of faith. Keep the arms up. Guard yourself with prayer and sacraments always. Defend your deep adventure. Surf's up, say. Surf's up. Go deep or go home. Viva Cristo Rey. This is Bear Wozniak with the Bear Wozniak Adventure. Welcome back. We have our guest, John Aquaviva, with us, who's written a couple of books about Catholic body, body image. One is directed directly towards your children, and you can find that at catholicbodyimage.org. You know, uh, I'm, a, I'm a, I guess I'm a world champion athlete. You know, I've won a couple world titles in stand-up mm-hmm. uh, in, in tandem surfing, where I, where I lift a woman over my head where I surf, and I still do that at my, at my age. I'll be going out and doing that again later today. Uh, but one thing happened to me, John, when I, uh, when I was about 32. I was working mm-hmm. for Land O'Lakes in their corporate offices in Arden Hills, Minnesota. Every day okay. they had an ice cream bar at 2.30, and they had uh, hot, sticky roll days on Wednesday mornings, and there were so many goodies in, that, in, the, in the corporate dining room. And uh, yeah. I would walk down there and had difficulty pushing away from that table. And one day I, I just really remember, like I was, I was on the elevator going downstairs, and I just heard not literally uh, a voice, but I heard the Lord say to me in my soul, you are my walking man, now go walk. That is the words I heard. And I took it to heart, and every break and every lunch, I would go walk. And I would, uh, and in that walking time would become my prayer time. And I would say I've walked, I don't know, not, not, not so much uh, this summer because of all the traveling I've done, but I walk about 40, 50 miles away. Um, you know, or, or, or some sort of walking that I do every week. Yeah. Sometimes I'm on my stand-up paddleboard. Sometimes I'm walking. But I want to just say this. I think we pussyfoot around too much with people, and we say, you know, just try to exercise a little bit here and there. I say get yeah. over that. You're, you're, you're so far beyond that. Some of us are so overweight that are so out of shape. We can be skinny fat, too, you know, where we don't have any muscle. We don't look like we're fat, but we are. 
I'm serious, you guys. I'm a world champion athlete. You know what? That doesn't mean I'm anything special. That doesn't mean I have any special uh, powers and abilities. I was like the last guy to be chosen, you know, when we played basketball when I was in school, in elementary school. You know, I'm not a natural athlete, but I used my body and I worked with my body and I developed the ability of my body to do things. I don't care who you are. I'm challenging you, get out there, and if at the very least, become a walking person. I, I walk on the beach every day. I stand up paddle yesterday six and a half miles, and I'm in my 60s. So there's no excuse for anyone out there for not doing something. Even, you know, I remember once I had a meniscus surgery six weeks before the world title in Australia, back in the 90s. And so I had no way to do cardio because of my knee. I did 1,000 uh, crunches a day. It was my only way to get cardio. Uh, there's no excuse, and you're going to die young. You're going to not fulfill your mission with your family and your friends. You have a purpose in life, and you're not going to fulfill it if you have inflammation from eating wrong, if you have, if you overweight, and if you don't have the, the physical ability and stamina. If you're eating wrong and not exercising, your, your, your functional hours get limited by, by tons of time. You don't, you don't spend... You don't have the vitality to do the work that God's given you. You get tired in the middle of the afternoon. You're not, you're not doing anything but watching TV at night, but you can start out. You can start out. And I remember um, when I was getting my first degree ninja black belt, the sensei said to, to the people you know, about the conditioning they would have to go through to do that, and he said he used the words, you know, run for you know, 20, you know, 20 telephone poles, and the next day run for 21. Walk, and I would just say start walking, walk. Five blocks, and the next day walk six blocks, and add that to your regimen until you're getting a good half hour to an hour walk in or some sort of workout out in every day. There's just, I'm right. just we're to the point now where we have to get serious about our health. I come from Hawaii, I look at mainland America, and I'm like, what happened? So I'm not merciful, I guess, John, when it comes to that area. But can you talk to us about uh, gaining vitality through uh, through our physical activity? Yeah, there's no question that it, it energizes us. Now, this is just simple physiology. By the way, I'd like to add just one thing to what you were saying about when we want to encourage people and we're a little frustrated at them for not making better efforts. Another thing that I would challenge, and this is, goes back to the message I already mentioned, but it's worth repeating, Bear, and that is when, when we are not taking care of ourselves, when you see somebody that's overweight or constantly in the line at a fast food restaurant and they're just complaining of these physical ailments. It's the one thing that I would challenge them to do is, do you believe in God? The answer is going to be yes in most cases. Do you believe that your gift, that your body was a gift given to you? In other words, life was granted to you by our Lord. Most of those same people would say yes. Then I would say, then take care of this package. That's why that story about Luke at, on Christmas Day not taking care of his toys is a great analogy Take care of this gift that somebody has given you, and ultimately, Bear, when we see people that are out of shape and they're constantly going to the doctors and there's all kinds of ailments that they're suffering, I say, um, why, why don't you go back to the basics here and, and take care of this great gift that God has uh, bestowed upon you? Um, but, yeah, when it comes to energy, like our, our energy comes from primarily from our muscles, and when we don't use our muscles, they don't retain energy. This is a, it's literally like a half hour conversation in our exercise physiology class. But they don't have this ability to produce what's called ATP, adenosine triphosphate. And this is what um, helps. In fact, this is the form of energy that creates a muscular contraction. And when we exercise on a regular basis, even if it's walking from pole to pole, like you mentioned, 
whether it's walking, cycling, hiking, whatever, the, whatever it is, our body builds up and stores more of this energy called ATP. And so that's why during the day, like at 5 o'clock, if that's normally our day to get tired on those mornings that you work out or on those weeks that you've been working out on a regular basis, at 5 o'clock after, say, a week or two weeks, certainly a month of working out, you go, boy, I have more energy. That's exactly why. A little bit of physiology in there, but it is reality that our body has the ability to create and store energy. And when we're not working out on a regular basis, we're not creating this energy and we're not storing this energy. Therefore, we get tired doing menial tasks like just walking up one flight of steps. Yeah, but why the heck would God build us like that? But you look at life in general. Uh, life on earth is adversity. You know, it's basically yep. life is basically resistance training. You know, and in yep. the perfect rhythm, rhythm of resistance training, I know when I'm getting for, ready for a world title, I can just I can push my body so hard. But if I'm not getting my eight and a half hours of rest in, and I'm not taking yep. a break on my upper body, give it. You know, yep. when you when you when I'm you know I literally lift women over my head. You know, that's how I lift yeah. weights. But when I'm doing that, I'm tearing down that muscle fiber. And it needs a day or two to recover, and it's in the recovery where the muscle is built up. It's the same thing as in our spiritual life. Uh, we, we live a life of adversity. Our life is resistance training. But if we're not spending that hour with the Lord every day in prayer, in that time of rest, we're not going to have the, the, uh, the, the rebuilding of that, that, you know, life tears us down. But that time with the Lord in prayer uh, rebuilds and makes us even stronger. So our physical body actually reflects the spiritual life that we walk in. This world is a life of adversity. It's resistance training. But the key to resistance training is to rest. We need to learn to rest yeah. in the Lord. And the same thing is true with our physical bodies. It's resistance training, but we need to balance that with, you know, most athletes know they need to get at least eight hours. A lot of them get 10 hours of sleep a night just to get, okay. let their bodies fully recover. We've got just okay. another couple minutes, John. Just rock it, rock it. Let's challenge us and tell us what the, the action steps should be as we leave this show. Well, my suggestion is, especially as parents, because my guess is there's a whole lot more parents than our young, young uh, you know, adolescents or teenagers listening to your show. So my suggestion is for the parents to do a couple things. Is first of all, is to start to incorporate this language of, the body is a gift and to be more thankful for it. And again, I go back to the first segment in which we we're talking about the Eucharist. You know, it literally means giving thanks. And one of the things we want to give thanks for is the fact that we are embodied. We we're given this opportunity for salvation. And so we always want to come back to our faith and in particular our Catholic faith, which talks about the Eucharist as the source and summit of, of our very faith. And this language of theology of the body that JP2 um, so eloquently put years ago was that we were embodied for a reason. We could have easily been in, invisible, but he made us visible. And this is a way that we can serve one another because this is the way that we truly love one another is by serving one another. And this doesn't mean that we can't take time for ourselves and watch our, our favorite TV show and, and go to our favorite restaurant. And it, it doesn't mean that, but we should have this, I encourage people and I challenge people to start uh, this like new direction in life and having this attitude of gratitude in everything we do and including our bodies. And one of the ways, Bear, that we show that we love 
our God is to take care of the most important thing he gave to us, and that is our body, because that is the way that we know and understand God. And you know what's interesting is you mentioned, like, why does the body do this? Like, why does the body respond to resistance training and to cardiovascular training? And the that's a great question. But what I would say is that's the answer to the question in the sense of the very reason, Bear, that shows that we should exercise is because the body responds to it. Like if the body didn't do it, if the body didn't do it, then that might be like if it just gave us like self-satisfaction or gratification of some sort. But the fact is the heart gets stronger as a result of that cardiac workout. The muscle gets stronger and bigger as a result of that resistance training. And it's also, John, we got to take, we got to go, man. But it's also like we, uh, you can actually train from the outside in. You know, I did my bicycle ride across the United States. Um, I got stronger internally, too, because I persevered in the virtues, you know, and, and it had that internal right. effect on me. So we're talking with John Aquaviva. His website is catholicbodyimage.com, correct? Yep, dot com. This is Bear mm-hmm. Wozniak uh, with the Bear Wozniak Adventure. Viva Cristo Rey. You can find Viva us at, Cristo Rey. You can find us at bearwozniak.com. This is Deep Adventure Radio. Hear archived shows, buy Bear's book, Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul, and sign up for our Wave of the Week email at deepadventure.com. For the latest news on Bear and Deep Adventure, visit us on Facebook and share Deep Adventure with your friends. The most radical thing you can do in life is abandon yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. Deep Adventure Radio.